Hi, and welcome to Port Academy, an international podcast that combines pop culture and academics. Hi, Lirzai Razai. Hey, Gil Kidron. <laughs> you are here, as always, to give us the feminist lens on movies. And today we have an incredible movie to talk oh, about yeah. that just like shocked me to my core by how good it is mm. and how daring it mm-hmm. is and how well written. Yeah. And this is Promising Young Woman. Woo! Thank you very much for recommending uh, this movie for me. Not thank you very much for spoiling <laughs> the end. <laughs> I already apologized. We will not spoil the end for you. Sorry? <laughs> I already apologized. So... <laughs> I just apologize. I just want to tell, want to tell the world. <laughs> no, but it actually didn't ruin it at all. Yeah. This is a 2020 thriller, a female rape revenge fantasy, dark comedy stuff. Yeah. Rom-com. That goes all in. Every week, I go to a club. I act like I'm too drunk to stand. And every week, a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? You are so pretty. I am a nice guy. Are you? One, two, three, four. I thought we had a connection. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. Cassandra? We're in class together at Forest. You would have been a great doctor. What happened? I left under unusual circumstances. You remember what happened, right? Why I dropped out. I'm not the only one who didn't believe it. We get accusations like this all the time. Who needs brains? They never did a girl any good. I'm so sorry I didn't go with her. You gotta let it go. What are you gonna do? Why do you guys have to ruin everything? We were kids. If I hear that one more time, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was hoping you'd feel differently by now. It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? I wanted to be a doctor my whole life. Lately, I've been feeling like I might want to get back into it. Directed by Emerald Fennell. Yeah. Written by Emerald Fennell, her directorial debut. And starring Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Addison Brie, and others. Yeah. So we're going to place this movie in the continuum of uh, uh, feminist uh, movies or movies with uh, feminist pretensions and to see where we're at now in this kind of genre of badass woman uh, hurting men for bad things that they did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. First of all, I'm really happy to hear that this movie shook you to your core. Because it broke me in two. And it's a funny and enjoyable movie. It's not like a hurting, like a Schindler list kind of no, movie. No, and I remember that, that when the movie was done, I was sad it was done because it's, it was so good. I didn't want it to end, even though it broke me in two. And um, so I'm really happy to hear that you as a guy, you were shook to your core, you were shaken to your core because uh, you, you're supposed to, really. 
If not, there is a problem. What is so shocking, do you think, about this movie? And what makes it stand out as yeah. different other movies, previous movies in this genre? Yeah, because like you said, it, we're going to place it in a continuum of feminist movies. But also, I think what is great about the movie is that the angle it has to treat feminism and misogyny and patriarchy in our society now, it's really the issue that we should be treating now. <laughs> Fuck her. Fuck her. Yeah. This is how business is done. This is just around a fucking golf. You think we're well, taking clients out to a strip club? Which we can't even do anymore. Exactly. We can't even do that anymore okay. since the Christmas party last I year. I think it's because the golf club doesn't let women play there. So? <laughs> so it means we're having client meetings without her. Look, she should just focus on closing her own shit instead of whining about how we're doing better than her. In the grand scheme of uh, feminist history, We went, we come from a very, very far place where things were extremely shitty. Some things are better now. Not every problem is solved at all, but some things are better now. And so we're at a place where we should treat the new, the new subjects, the new problems, the new themes. And that's what this movie does. And that's what makes it very audacious and very courage, uh, very, very brave is because it's not afraid to go in and to really destroy uh, the remains of patriarchy that we are able to see now. Because in 30 years, maybe yeah. we, will be, we will be like, oh my God, this movie was so bad because, uh, I don't know, maybe in 30 years we will say that right. this movie was, is, very, is very old school. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. missed some things and stuff. Missed great things, exactly. But now, I mean, with my 2020, 2021 lens, I'm like, this movie hit the spot right on. This is what should be, which we should be talking about right now. Hitting the spot, if the spot is my face, is <laughs> the viewer's face that it definitely just like hits you in the face yeah. as a man. We're going to talk about yeah. the different perspective as viewers, as a man and a woman. Go on, please. Yeah. And um, I'm very happy it hit you in the face. Really. <laughs> It's supposed to. <laughs> It's really supposed to. Jesus. Oh, yeah, would you look at that? Good God almighty. Why don't you get some dignity, sweetheart? You know, they put themselves in danger, girls like that. And if she's not careful, someone's going to take advantage, especially kind of guys in this club. Mm -hmm. She's kind of hot. She's a hot fucking mess. <laughs> hey, let's talk to Brian. I think he might be amendable to the idea if we all present a very I nice... I mean, that is just asking for it. Uh, look at that. Like, you think you'd learn by that age, right? Well, even her friends. She kind of ran off somewhere. Leaving her laying around for anyone to pick up. Sounds like a challenge, Paul. Yeah, maybe. I'll go over. Oh, 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 oh. Jerry! My God, I didn't know you had see if she's okay. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, of course. Sure. Go for uh -huh. it, big fella. Yeah, let's go see. We're pulling sure for okay. you. So it has the, this courage to really hit the spot right on. Because as a society, I mean, what I feel like and really frustrates me in general is that uh, since we have made some progress, There's also there's always this temptation for people to say, ah, but we're not sexist anymore, but we're not misogynistic anymore. Everything is better now. So shut up, basically. So, you know, since domestic violence is not okay anymore, then I'm supposed to shut up. Since I did not get raped in this situation, then I should just shut up. But this movie attacks the remains that, as I said, that we see right now in a, in a beautiful way. So the main angle it has, it has several angles, but the main angle it has is the destruction of the nice guy myth. Destruction of the nice guy. Yeah. 
You don't like nice guys? No, I don't like nice guys because all, uh, often they are self-proclaimed nice guys. The ones I feel are arrogant are what society calls nice guys. And the ones I feel are nice guys is what society will call too weak or too kind or too basically pussies because mm. pussies... Cucks. Yeah, but pussies, I, I say that deliberately. Wow. <laughs> I say that deliberately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and what I love, so maybe we just should take like five minutes and discuss the nice guy really calmly. Let's talk about the nice guys in the movie. Yeah. So the main character, is, there's some something uh, 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 traumatic in her past that relates to sexual assault yeah. that is not super clear for most of the movie. We don't want to spoil that. Yeah. But she's reacting to a traumatic sexual assault in her past and see and which has derailed her life and career path Completely. and relationships yeah and she is now enacting revenge on uh, supposedly nice guys that want to help but in the movie uh, they want to take advantage of her so she, exactly. she starts out faking that she's drunk in bars and every single time the guy that wants to help her ends up trying to assault her. And yeah. then she just flips the script uh, at the end and becomes... Uh, Sober. Like, you are so I need to go. No, you don't want to go home. I need to go. Hey, Neil. Yeah. Is that I need to go home? Holy shit, whoa, 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 what is this? Are you some kind of psycho or something? Why'd you say that? I just thought that you were... Drunk? Yeah. Really drunk? Fuck. Yeah. Well, I'm not. But that's good, isn't it? I think you should leave. Oh, now you want me to leave? No, I just... I'm really high. Like, I'm really fucking high right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I think you should go. But a second ago, you were determined for me to stay. You were pretty insistent, actually. I'm a nice guy. Are you? Appropriately aggressive <laughs> to yeah. the situation that she's in with somebody is uh, assaulting her. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. I wasn't trying to uh, assault you, take advantage of you as you're drunk. No, I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice I guy. voted for Hillary Clinton or <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. So that's very, that's, uh, just to start out, this is uh, like very, very uncomfortable. Okay, so what is like the nice guy, I don't know, prototype? Gil, I suggest we talk about this very calmly because one thing that the movie teaches us and that we should all really understand is that we're all part of the culture. Women as well are not uh, spared. Women as well are not spared. Nobody is spared. So the moment you, this is one of the problems, the moment you try to think that you are spared, that you're not sexist, that you're not this, you're not that, you are basically saying, but I'm a nice guy. So this is what the movie is trying to tell everybody, that you, you are all part of the rape culture, you are all part of the sexist, misogynistic culture. Doesn't mean everybody's a rapist. It means you're part of the culture. And we all have some, something to, to contribute in good and bad. What the movie tells us basically is that is that as a society, we have elected a kind of person as a nice guy. And often it is a white man, heterosexual. What it's saying to us <laughs> is that even though 
culture changes and men, white men and men in general, um, are now understand what they should do to be nice guys. Like, for example, acting feminist or acting like they defend their female colleagues. They're using the nice guy trope to dominate even better. Because mm. we, in 2021, a guy who defends a female colleague, everybody will say, wow, he's an angel. He's such a nice guy. So he profits off of that. And he's like, wow, I'm such a nice guy. And he feels even more empowered and he, and he dominates even more. But the deep down, the real culture hasn't changed, which means that men, we value men more than women and everything is based in domination. Okay. So what what it's trying to deconstruct is that being a nice guy is not a real thing. It's just something we act to dominate even better. Are you Dr. Cooper? Yeah. Detective Waller. Yeah. Uh, come in, please. Have a seat. Pediatric surgeon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's very commendable. Thank you for all that you do for the community. Sure. Yeah. In the movie, I love it that she puts an accent on doctors because we have we have um, we have a habit of knowing that lawyers can be assholes or that uh, I don't know, music industry can be assholes, tech moguls can be assholes, or maybe construction workers on the can street. be assholes. But doctors, we love doctors. And uh, I love it that it's doctors. And um, so basically, we have elected that this class of people, doctors, white guys, they are nice guys. And immediately there, we talk about the fact that we don't hold a certain class accountable for their actions. Because what happens is that the moment we say this class of people, they are nice guys, we are not going to base our judgment on what they do. Because if they do something bad, we will say, oh, shit, so he's not a nice guy because he did this. He raped a girl, he assaulted a girl, or he was just really, really heavy with a girl in a nightclub. No, we're going to say, but he's a nice guy. And the moment we say, but he's a nice guy, whatever he does by extension makes it okay. And by extension, the woman on the other side who complains or who uh, sues, she's the liar, she's the witch, she's the, I don't know, or she's exaggerating the or pushing too hard to destroy his career. Or it's her own fault. So if a friend came to you now, came to your house and told you that they thought something bad had happened to them the night before. Cassie. Something bad. It was years ago. What would you say? It, uh, what would you say? Uh, ugh. A little weird. Would you roll your eyes behind her back and dismiss the whole thing as drama? I don't know why you're mad at me. Okay, I, I'm not the only one who didn't believe it. If you have a reputation for sleeping around, then maybe people aren't going to believe you when you say something's happened. I mean, it's crying wolf. You thought I was crying wolf? I don't make the rules. Look, when you get that drunk, things happen. Don't get blackout drunk all the time and then expect people to be on your side when you have sex with someone you don't want to. So we're, we're saying something that is actually very basic <laughs> is that we have a dominating class, which are men and it's patriarchy, basically. So whenever there's like a assault case or a rape case and we're going to say, well, it's a he said, she said situation. What's happening is actually what she said doesn't matter. What he said does matter. And we're going to do what he said. Yeah, because it's going to keep the status quo. This is 
if nothing uh, uh, changes, then the person who had the power before gets to keep his power, then his word is the one that matters. Exactly. You felt there wasn't sufficient evidence. You said it was too much of a he said, she said situation. Well, you know, we get accusations like this all the time. One or two a week. What would you have me do? Ruin a young man's life every time we get an accusation like this? So you're happy to take the boy's word for it? I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Of course you do. Because innocent until proven guilty. No arguing with that. And it's, I think it's also interesting just to spend like one minute to discuss why we do that. Because first of all, I mean, it, I think it's a very big question. But first of all, I think people do not want to believe that people they like can be bad. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to believe that. So if we love doctors and the doctor is accused of rape, we are immediately going to say, no, 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 that's not possible. So uh, that just uh, yeah. that's just a, a phenomenon. Yeah. Or if it's or if it's like a friend of ours, someone that we know, yeah. then we're like, no, I know him. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. So I invite everyone to think of that because imagine your best friend or someone you really respect, and you hear that he has been accused of rape. How are you going to react? That's very important because the way you're going to react is going to be part of the problem or of the solution. You really have it's something we need to think of as a person and as a society. The other thing is that when we live in a society based on domination plays, which we do, and patriarchy, capitalism, it's really based on dominating and, uh, yeah. and the dominating class and the submissive class. The thing is that you want to be close, you want to be in good terms with the dominating class because otherwise you're screwed. And this is how we're all in complicity. We're all complicit with patriarchy because we all want to get ahead in life. We all want to be happy. We all want to, I don't know, have the good job, have the good life, have the whatever. Respect also. So the, have the respect, have the money, have everything that can, that can bring you. So the moment you go against the ruling class, you're kind of screwed. You pay a social price to say the least. You maybe pay more, but you pay a social price to say the least. So people are just going to be like, oh, I won't go against the nice white doctor. And, uh, and that's how women who fight for that find themselves extremely lonely and, and extremely just not well at all. You know, I'm terrible with dates. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. You, you just forgot your birthday. You don't want to have a party? You don't want to see your friends? You know I don't have any friends, Mom. Don't joke about it. Don't. Do you know how strange this is? You, you're still living here at home. Working in that stupid coffee shop since you and Nina dropped out of med school? You're out all night long doing God only knows what. Okay. And they, you don't have any boyfriend. You don't have any friends. Mom, you should have saved all that for my birthday card. I, I found it uh, especially uh, impressive in how immersive it was uh, in, in her perspective, in the main character's perspective, yeah. that you, like me as a, as a male viewer, like when uh, there's a song, it's raining men and she's going into a room with all <laughs> these guys, you like immediately, I immediately like feel the threat that she must be feeling. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. like an experience that is totally foreign to me. But still the movie yeah. makes you feel how she feels in all sorts of ways. Like feel like the threat, constant threat that is just bubbling 
underneath. Yeah. Oh, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't recommend it. <laughs> you don't recommend being a woman. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't, or I don't recommend feeling threatened. Maybe if you just yeah. change your perspective. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's your... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Be more positive. And positive, Be more positive about and, it. And positive yeah. things will come. Exactly. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. Exactly. Oh, yeah. no. Okay, so this is a segue <laughs> to another theme in the movie, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, is this trope that uh, rape makes of an awesome origin story to this amazing female character. For example. So, for example, Kill Bill. I tracked you down. I wasn't trying to track you down. I was trying to track down the fucking assholes I thought killed you. So I find you. And what do I find? Not only are you not dead, you're getting married to some fucking jerk. And you're pregnant. I overreacted. I love Kill Bill. I, I honestly, it's one of my favorite movies ever. I've seen it so often, especially when I was a teenager. I loved it so much. I still love it. But I saw it recently, and of course, some some things have really not aged well. So it's not to throw it away. It's to take some parts of Kill Bill and some parts to discuss. That's the point. So uh, the whole so the bride is an amazing character. Okay, she's awesome. She's such a great fight fighter. She's a yeah. She's a, an inspiring character. Yeah, Uma Thurman, played by Uma Thurman. But the whole thing is based on the fact that she was abused, be beaten up, and killed by a man. And so this amazing character we see on screen is completely driven and motivated to get revenge on that man. So even though this character is great, is like, you would say, feminist, the fact is that her creation, the, really the creating thing, is thanks to a guy, thanks to a man. Yeah. And... As if that's not enough, then she goes in a coma for four years, and then Quentin Tarantino had to add some rapes in the hospital. Why? How is that rape necessary? Why did she have to get raped? She was basically pimped out by a, by a nurse while she was unconscious. Please stop hitting me. Where's Bill? I don't know who Bill is. Bullshit! Well, ain't you the slice of cutie pie they said you were? Jane Doe, huh? Oh, we don't know shit about you. Well, I'm from Huntsville, Texas. My name is Bucks, and I'm here to fuck. <laughs> Your name is Buck, right? And you came here to fuck, right? Wait a minute. Wait. No. Ah! She was, he's pushing the rape trope so hard. It's like, this woman is so amazing because she was raped. And um, it also happens, it was very sad, honestly, in Game of Thrones, because Sansa is such an amazing character. You know it because you had been following and rooting for Sansa for such a long time. And then in the end, Sansa in the, in the TV show says, uh, oh, but if it weren't for guys like Joffrey and Ramsay, I would still be a little bird. So if I'm this amazing queen of the north now, is uh, thanks to the fact that I was abused by men? Nope. 
And that's just not true. This is a male fantasy that they're trying. I don't know. It's like some cognitive dissonance or whatever. I don't know what's happening, but it's like they're trying either to say that it's thanks to us that are, there are amazing women or to say that, okay, maybe we're kind of shitty, but at least we created some amazing women characters. Yeah. So in both cases, yeah. it's bullshit. And this movie, Promising Young Woman, does a different thing. And I think it's, it's also the, the, those two things. And also just like imposing like archaic male perspectives that we don't want anymore in like uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger yeah that's that stupid myth that is not true and not good for it's anyone true. sometimes what what doesn't no. kill you makes you weaker makes you weaker lefts you in leaves leaves you in pieces leaves you traumatized leaves you with ptsd with anxiousness with no i mean no what doesn't kill you does not make you stronger what doesn't kill you just is horrible to live yeah it hurts you it hurts you and then you have to recover. Um, so uh, the way this movie does it, and it's so accurate. It's just so accurate. Because that the Cassie, the main character is called Cassie. Cassie has some very badass moments. Like you feel so powerful when looking at her. She does some very badass stuff. But her life has been completely derailed. She was on a fast track to be a doctor. We also realized that she was extremely smart. She was smarter than, than a lot of people in her class. Mm -hmm. But now she just works in a shitty cafe that she doesn't even like. And, and her life is completely ruined. This is one thing. Yeah. Second thing, <coughs> second thing is that you might say, okay, your life is ruined, but now she's on a mission to make things right. So in a way, uh, it created this great character. Thing is, thing is, even though she has some powerful moments, she has some shitty moments. Like I love this moment where after she, after she confronts the dean of the school, mm -hmm very powerful interaction you feel powerful as a as a as a spectator because she's amazing but then afterwards you see her in the middle of the road in her own car and she has passed out she has her front on the wheel of the car and everybody's like yelling at her hey lady what are you doing you're in the middle of the car and she's completely passed out because she's not well she's she's exhausted she's traumatized she's hurt she's beaten up yeah. and then she wakes up and she sees this idiot yelling at her like you can't you stupid and she's like what did you say she gets out of the car she grabs like this uh, this bat and she breaks the guy's glass and also it's a powerful moment you're like oh that's all so awesome she's breaking the guy's glass the guy runs off and then she's like oh shit what did i just do because you can see that she passed out she was not well and then she has like some sort of blackout she goes so crazy she goes so mad yeah. that she breaks the guy's car and then she regrets it. She's like, oh, fuck, you know. She's not okay. She's not well. It doesn't uh, romanticize her uh, revenge journey. Like you see the costs no. and you see like uh, there's the, the lawyer for the, for the attacker from back in the day that she confronts him. I, I had uh, what I think was a, an epiphany, but my... Doctors called it a psychotic episode. And it was at work, so. So now, I'm on a sabbatical. You know, I got a bonus for every settlement out of court. I got another bonus for every charge dropped. We all did. There was a guy. His only job was to comb through all their social media accounts for any compromising information. He contacted old friends, past sexual partners. Oh, you'd be amazed how much easier it is now with the internet to dig up dirt. In the old days, 
We had to go through a girl's trash. Now, one drunk photo at a party. Oh, you wouldn't believe how hostile that makes a jury. You gotta help me. I can't sleep. And then she doesn't know how to act around that. If she, if he should be held accountable, how accountable? So like, it's not this like clean narrative like in Kill Bill where she just strikes uh, people exactly. off of the list and it's nice and uh, and clean and it goes in, the, in a clean direction. Yeah, exactly. So maybe this is a, another good segue to go to the to the revenge myth. This movie is really, really, really good. And it really, in the beginning, plays like this Kill Bill movie because you have some some signs that she's doing like a list and she's crossing off people off her list. But then you realize that she's not on a revenge streak. She doesn't want people to pay for, they mis- for their mistakes. She wants them to realize the mistake they've done. She wants Basically, she wants the culture to change. That's what she wants. She wants people... First of all, to, to feel sad, to feel what they did wrong, and to stop doing those things that way. So the, every person she meets, so this is something she does in parallel. So she, first of all, she traps guys by pretending she's drunk and making them realize they're not nice guys. This is uh-huh. one thing. But then she goes on a, maybe it's time to, to speak of the fact that uh, we realize that it's not something that happened to her, but it's something that happened to her best friend. And uh, so she's... She's basically doing this for her best friend that she lost. So she's traumatized, even though she wasn't assaulted personally, but she lives in this world and in this culture, and it was her friend who probably killed herself. That's the sense that we're getting. It's heavily implied, yeah. Heavily implied. So basically, she's kind of like, for lack of a better term, every woman. Yeah, true. So we have this sense that she goes through every person in this story that was somehow responsible, an old friend, uh, the dean of the school, uh, and that she wants to get revenge and she wants them to pay. And then we realize she doesn't want them to pay. She wants them to know the mistake they've made. She doesn't want to live in this world anymore. She wants change. And that's also very beautiful. And it reminds me of uh, whenever there's like a feminist uh, protest or an anti-racist protest. BLM protests, there's always someone with a sign saying, you're lucky we don't want revenge, we just want equality. The thing is, when you think of what the dominating class has done, you can get so mad and so want to make them pay. But somehow, people just want equality. People just want to be happy. They just want respect, consideration, and they want to be believed for what they've gone through. Yes. And the bar is so low. (laughs) The bar is so low. Just believe me when I say I was assaulted. And just believe me when I say that being assaulted makes me suffer, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And she wants people to change. And you, you see several, several ways these things go down. Some people don't want to change. Some people have already changed. And some people, she makes them change. When she goes to speak with uh, the mom of her friend, then she tells, the, uh, she tells uh, Cassie, the lead, she tells her, uh, move on for all of us. And I feel that means like more than that, than just between them. Like that society is basically telling women, just like, just move on. You're making us uncomfortable. Yeah. We don't like this. We're sorry. Please, can we move on? Yeah. The the way the movie is set up, I found it very, very interesting. Like 
like uh, there are several different points throughout the movie you don't realize what the movie is about you're like oh so the movie is about something else because it's like structured like romantic comedy yeah at some point yeah and yeah, yeah and at some point like she really leans into it with the montage and stuff but even yeah. before that like basically boy courts girl they yeah. start uh, there's a problem but then it works then it works great yeah. then they have a fight and then they're gonna uh, get back together uh, you just have to watch the movie but just like the movie is about something else it's not it's yeah. not, it's not it's anything not like that yeah yeah so it's, it's just, it, it has like several ways to affect you from different angles and in that angle of like the the rom-com structure like you are unprepared <laughs> for you are for, yeah all the shots that she's taking at you because you're like, oh, I thought I was uh, watching a different movie. No, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's whoa, whoa, whoa all the time. It's what's happening now. You think you think it's a thriller. It's not a thriller. You think she's getting revenge. She's not getting revenge. You think it's a love story. Oops, no, not that, that didn't happen. It's, yeah. You know, I'm a feminist. So in my own way, in my own scale, I fight about this shit every day. Really, I can't let one thing go. It's really hard for me to let one thing go. Really. I mean, I really feel Cassie because uh, even though I'm not going through something like that, the way she's going, one sexist joke, one, I don't know, the moment I feel a bias against me, I can't let one thing go. And the one thing, one of my main obstacles in life is that the men in my life will always, always think they are not part of the problem. So my, a big part of my work is trying to tell the men in my life, but really even the closest men in my life, I'm not saying just colleagues, everyone in my life, trying to tell them, honey, you're part of the problem. You are being sexist. You are being misogynistic. And I also can be sexist and misogynistic because we're all on the same fucking boat. So just stop acting like you're not part of the problem because what you're doing is being blind to what's happening so refusing to put on the work that is necessary for society to change. Now, most white men in my life will say, of course I'm feminist, of course I want equality, of course I don't want this to go on, but they say that as if sexism is something that belongs to the neighbors and it's not in this house or it's not in this workplace or it's not in this interaction, friendship interaction or whatever. And that is that is what this movie does that is very powerful, is saying to everyone, you are part of the problem. And just because society tells you you're a nice guy, it doesn't mean you're a nice guy. It's just society is unfair to women. So I live that. I live that every day for real, that thing where people tell me, but I'm a nice guy. I really live that every day. And I really relate to Cassie when she's passed out in the car because uh, recently I had a, I had a sexist uh, incident at work. It was like, one sexist joke too much and uh i really like blasted it to the anyway basically i'm having some back and forth with my bosses about it because uh and the last conversation i had with my boss about it my boss was actually surprisingly very cool about it but still he still said some stuff that i don't want to hear like he said well you know you are also very very sensitive to the subject and i was like no, you're just trying to discredit what I went through because I'm not too sensitive about the subject. I'm just lucid about the subject. He's like, no, 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 I'm not trying to discredit what you went to discredit what you went through. Anyway, we had a back and forth that was actually went well, but afterwards I was exhausted. I don't know how to explain it to you, Gil. I was exhausted. I didn't want to work. I just wanted to go take a nap. It's exhausting. It's exhausting because it's very depressing to have to ask for some basic shit, which is respect and consideration. 
maybe the movie is doing here a, a few things. First of all, it's taking like some very, very extreme actions, like depicting very, very extreme actions, sexual assault and uh, all kinds of sexual assaults. Yeah. But it's but it's 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 putting them on to regular normy people. So it's yeah. kind of like tells you this is like it makes it very it's like it's a strong combination. It's not the neighbor that is is a creep. No, it's the creep. No. So this is like uh yeah. it makes it it makes it more more present uh like the female perspective uh and it makes you as you know as a man it makes you uncomfortable because you like want to hey hey <laughs> and, uh, and like no 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 it's not as bad come on come on but the movie is done like it's done so well that uh, i think all kinds of uh, males can enjoy it on the you know feminist spectrum you don't have to be like a radical feminist uh, to appreciate yeah. this movie not yeah, no. at all it's because uh, it's, it's too just, good yeah it's a great ride it's a great ride and it's very surprising and very and, and, and really good twists and turns and really good scenes i like i don't want to spoil things but just like really yeah. good scenes that have a lot a lot of layers in them uh, like that uh, are you know something is happening like a character is doing something but it but you know you like you feel like that immediately very strongly that it's saying something about society and it changes from one thing to another ah, great movie <laughs> so another thing I want to talk about here is that um, is that it's really touching that even though she's on this revenge not revenge streak. And even though you see her, like, sometimes she's very badass and she sometimes she's just damaged because she's really not well. It's very touching because she really, in the end, just actually wants to get her life back and be happy. So even though after everything she's gone through and after everything she's doing, she still puts faith in people. And we see that with the boyfriend. So the boyfriend is this guy from her old school who is friends with all those same people. But he really seems like a nice guy. <laughs> so I... So I'd like to see you again. Oh. That's cool. We would need to take it slow, I understand. Of course, totally. I... I can take it slow. I can barely move, if you'd like. Thank you. Yeah. I can write a poem. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, what are you doing? Want to get dinner or something? Aren't you working? Well, no. Um, he has leukemia, and uh, oh, okay. there's really nothing I can do for him. It's it's over. I'm kidding. My shift's <laughs> over. I've got my stuff. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Don't leave. <clears throat> and you see her really giving him a chance. And uh, they really start going out. Yeah, but we're and not going to spoil can... exactly what's going to happen with them. No, no, but she's genuinely happy. You know, oh, the only thing I want to talk about here is that it's touching that in the end, what she actually wants is not revenge, is not to kill or hurt people who hurt her. She wants to be happy. She wants yeah. what everyone wants. Yeah. She wants love, respect, consideration, friendship. She wants what everyone wants. And that's, that's a very important message here is that feminists don't want war they want a chance to life a real chance to life there's like an explicit and implicit male solidarity that 
He's done very, very well. Hey, 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 hey. It's okay. Look at me. This is not your fault, Al. <laughs> you did nothing wrong. All right. All right. You did nothing wrong. This is not your fault. Come here. Come here. They're well-intentioned. They want to help their friends. And, but what does it mean overall? It's like very grotesque. And uh, if it wasn't you know, so well done and delivered, it would be like super cringy. <laughs> like I feel more cringy now than I, than I felt during, yeah. like, while I was watching the movie. And so I'm happy you bring the, sol- the male solidarity thing because we already talked about that in this podcast. I think we did in the episode, uh, yeah, female solidarity in movies. We, we made that episode and uh, we talked about the male solidarity. I'm glad you bring it up because this movie is very big on that wow. because the male solidarity is so strong. It's concrete. It's sealed. And nobody is solidary with the women. So even, like you said, even the victim's mom is like, come on, move on. Even her parents, Cassie's parents, are like, Cassie, what are you doing? Move on. You don't have a boyfriend. You don't have a job. What's happening? So she is the only one who is, how did you say, solid, solid, solidaire? In, in solidarity. Yeah, she's the only one who's in solidarity with her best friend. And um, she's not well. So it really shows you how this male solidarity, so people are in solidarity from men to men, from women to men. But nobody is in solidarity with the women that have suffered, except these two girls. So the men who are in solidarity with each other are completely succeeding in life. They're doctors, they're shining, whatever. And these two women that are in solidarity with each other, well, they're ruined. Yeah, like the men who are in solidarity with each other, are not, they're, they're not only succeeding in their career, but also they haven't paid a price in terms of their relationships with women because they're either married or getting married. Exactly. No, they have everything. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me of uh, this feminist. I can't remember her name, unfortunately, now. But she was saying, I read it in a magazine. It's a very nice magazine called Gaze, by the way. It's a new magazine about female perspectives. And there's this woman who says that as women and feminists, we have a big responsibility of not rewarding the kind of macho men that society rewards. We should start as women. It's our responsibility. We should start rewarding Kind men, uh, soft men, sensitive men, men who are not afraid. I'm being very cliche, but it's just true. Men who are not afraid to cry, to show their emotions, who are not afraid to stand up for what it's right. We have, an, we have a responsibility for that. And uh, that's what I was saying before, is that what, what society tells me are nice guys. They're actually kind of arrogant pricks or at best just random. And uh, what I would like to call nice guys is what people don't respect because, uh, you know, he's a bit... Uh... And I have the bias too. Yeah. Sometimes I need to, to work on that, yeah. So that's a very important point. Okay, have a good night. Don't go, Ryan, wait, Cassie, please. if you didn't, if you weren't interested, just, you could have just told me. That's ice cold. And so what I wanted to talk about related to the ending, but I promise I won't spoil it. Okay. <laughs> I promise I won't spoil it. What I wanted to talk about is the fact that if we see to feminist movies in the past, for example, Kill Bill... The bride succeeds in the end. She succeeds, she kills Bill, she gets her daughter, and we have this ending scene where she's crying with with joy in the end, okay? So, okay, cool, she got what she wanted. But she became this killing machine, a super serial killer. What kind of life is that? What kind of life is she going to get after that? Is it 
Is it a life worth living where you have killed so many people? How is she going to bear psychologically? We don't know. How is she? Is she going to be okay? Is she ever going to feel safe? Is she ever going to trust anyone? What kind of education is she going to give to her daughter if she can't trust anyone because the love of her life did that to her? How, what is she going to give to her daughter? How is her daughter going to bode, you know? All these things we don't know. We just have this some sort of, oh, revenge movie. She manages to kill everyone. Oh, she's such a good killer. Cool. She's a very good killer. Nice. But do we want to live in a society where people are good killers? Yeah. So then we have uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where we also have this very badass female protagonist who wants to go against of what society prescribes for her. And in the end, the movie tells us, but there is no way for her to live a happy life in this society, so she kills herself. And uh, it's, it's really a message. It can go both ways. That's why I hate the suicide trope uh, for females in the end, because it can go both ways. It's like... Okay, it's a critic to society because it means that there is no place for women, but it's also teaching women just don't go against society because this is where you're going to end up. Right. So we have we have like two tropes that is like so where do women go from here? What's hap- what happens to them? And what I like about Promising Young Woman without spoiling the ending at all. First of all, it's good to note that the director and the writer uh she really debated about the ending. She didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And what I like about it is that it's, it's complex and bittersweet. First of all, it's not sugary because I was afraid that if it was an entire happy ending, it would give this message that everything is better now in terms of feminism. It's like, oh, so we destroyed the nice guy myth as a society, not just the movie. Look at how happy she is yeah. in the end. So it's possible for women to do that when yeah. it's actually not true. Yeah, yeah. It would be like a movie about a civil war that is ongoing and have like a happy ending as if everything is fine. But no, there is still a war. <laughs> it's not fine. Yeah. This, this movie just points out the problem, but it's not fine. Yeah. So what the movie does, so without spoiling it, is something very complex and in the middle that shows you that life, things are tough for women. The war is not won at all. But also Cassie is not a dumb idiot and she also manages to... Yeah. Some goals, she manages to achieve them. These guys are not monsters. Because I don't know if you're aware, but there's been lots of scandals uh, in France now about uh, pedo criminality. Oh. And um, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. It's like this whole Pandora box that has opened um, with the pedo criminality and abuse of children. And the speech in media and what people say is like, oh my God, they're monsters. The thing is, the dangerous thing to say that they're monsters is that you make them as if there's something weird. When they're not weird, they're a, they're a recurrent problem that is not niche, that is actually quite frequent, and they are part of society. So that does not make them monsters. Monsters are something like unique and weird and fuck, we were unlucky. You were unlucky to like run into the serial killer guy on the street. Mm. Some weird human phenomenon. You were unlucky to run into this guy on the street and something horrible happened to this victim. It's not that. If it happens all the time, if it's recurrent... It's a, it's a problem we have as a society. So don't call them monsters. They're just guys yeah. that we educate as if they were kings. Yeah. So they do whatever they want. So, so in some way, this movie <laughs> humanizes sexual predators. Yeah, but it's important to do that. <laughs> yeah. Su- surprisingly, yeah, yeah. like I wouldn't instinctively, it wouldn't be something that I would be for. But I guess artistically, it's very potent. 
politically it's a problem when you say no but you know what's his face Cuomo Andrew Cuomo uh, governor of New York who just resigned because of rampant sexual harassment he's like uh, he's talking to his daughters in the when he's resigning come on shut the fuck up yeah shut the fuck but up. Th- the thing is we have to make the clear distinction between humanizing and justifying so it's important to humanize if you want to treat the problem. Because the moment you humanize, it's like, this is a problem we have. And the great thing the movie does is that even you, Gil, you end up relating with these guys, so it makes you question yourself. And that's the thing we should all do. You know, we should question ourselves. I questioned myself uh, with because um, she has a friend who's a woman who was also part of the problem because she didn't believe the sexual assault at the time. So I really started asking myself. I was like, well... I remember myself when I was 21 at university, I was such an idiot, first of all. I mean, we were all, we we're all kind of idiots at 20, 21, some more, some less. And I'm like, if someone came to me and told me I was so drunk, so drunk, so drunk, I think I had sex with someone and I think I was raped because I don't remember anything, how would I react? To be honest, I don't know. At 21, I'm saying, now I know how I would react because I have managed to reflect and everything. But at 21, if we were all blackout drunk, like idiots, I don't know. To be, I'm honest with you, Gil. I don't know. So this is what the movie does. So it humanizes all these characters. You, it makes you relate to them, and it makes you ask yourself questions. Yeah, and, and start changing the problem, but without justifying them. It doesn't justify them at all. We don't like these characters. And um, and I'm thinking about uh, the impact of such a movie, how the, that it could have when people who are 18 would watch it. Exactly. Not like when yeah. we are, you know, in our 30s or 40s or whatever. Yeah. Like you're in your 30s, yeah, right? I'm in my 30s, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, so, true. So like when you're 18 and this is like part of your education, uh, it would make a lot of uh, rampant uh, behaviors, uh, you know. Sorry, it would make like rampant uh, sexually assaulty or inappropriate behaviors would make them uncool. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. And it would make us all more aware that we're in the right to complain about certain things, especially as women. Are you, are you talking about... What do you think I'm talking about? I didn't do anything! Uh, uh, Lirza, and you also have a podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to launch in September. Okay, what's it called? It's called Les Poissons Sans Bicyclette, in English, The Fish Without Bicycles. It's, in, it's a French podcast? It's a French podcast, so if you have a French-speaking audience, a French-speaking audience, check us out September 23rd. It's a feminist podcast that speaks about feminist issues that are not considered big enough to be like in the mainstream journals, but what are considered by the patriarchy to be like gray areas or the limit is not clear. So women are not incentivized to talk about them. So we bring those topics to the table. Like day-to-day things. Day to day, like um, like uh, flirting or flirting uh, in the workplace, for example, or uh, the way men flirt with women. I mean, or um, how, for example, pregnant women are supposed to love being pregnant, <laughs> or um, beauty standards, and that it's not a compliment to be hit on and called beautiful in the society and things like that. Les poissons sans bicyclette. Exactement. The Y is as after the B. B cyclet, right? It starts with the Y? No. Yeah. No, it starts with the I. Yeah. Like, you know, B, like bisexual, Bi, right, it's right, a right, right, I. Right, right. Cyclet, like cycle, ah, is a Y. 
right okay uh, that, that, that makes sense <laughs> Psycho, yeah. sorry, sorry. so les poissons sont bicyclettes in plural uh, you can find us on Instagram and uh, yeah we'll launch soon what is that name so the name comes from Irina Dunn who is a who is a researcher in social uh, in social injustice uh, so the quote goes a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle And then the quote was made popular because Gloria Steinem popularized it because she published it in her in her magazine. Mm. And everybody thought the quote came from Gloria Steinem. And then Gloria Steinem wrote a letter to clarify that the quote is not from her, it's from Irina Dunn, which I love. Which I love that she didn't just appropriate the quote. It's a mm. nice story about appropriation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, uh, sum it all up for us, uh, Lirza. Uh, I, a different kind of uh, rape revenge fantasy journey uh, that is uh, both like harsh and light and dark and funny and quirky. So I would say this movie is uh, perfect in pointing out the stage we're in in terms of fight for feminism. Meaning that, first of all, it says there's no monsters, there's no bad guys. It's our culture as a whole that is a problem. And we all should check ourselves. This is the one first very great message. Second, stop trying to think that uh, sexism is behind us. It's right now. It's just that it has changed the face. And because the face has changed, we are blind to it. And the new face is the nice guy. So stop calling anyone a nice guy just because he looks a certain way, just because he acts a certain way, but we should hold people accountable for their actions. And the other thing, the other thing that is very important is that we I can't believe we should just keep saying it over and over again, but feminists are not out to get ya. They're not out to kill men, they're not out to hate men. They're out there because they're asking for equality, because they're asking for respect. They're asking for the same consideration that society gives to men. Bad news for guys, because it does mean that they have to share a lot of things, which is synonym, synonymous to, having, to, to losing some privileges. Yeah. So yes, that is a bad news for guys. And because they're going to lose some privileges, they feel like we're attacking them and they feel like being, you know, we're removing from them what is... What, It's their due, but it's actually not their due, has never been their due. They have too much. The, the, the how do you say yeah, this? It's the, the dividing is good. Yeah. And the dividing of the riches and of the respect on everything is not fair. So what we're, what feminists are asking for, also what anti-racists are asking for, mm -hmm. but I'm talking for yeah. my, my cause, let's say, my sensitivity. Um, we're asking for equality and uh And we're really, really not there yet. It's just that we've become blind to it. Yeah. Well said. Thank you, Gil. Uh, thank you, Lirza. Thank you, Gil. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, we hope uh, you enjoyed this conversation. And uh, if you have, maybe you want to send it to a friend of yours uh, who you think would be interested in that, that would be cool. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.